The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the pee Oh man Oh man Oh man Oh man Yes, sir. It's all eyes on Cleveland, and I am your host, Brad Ward. We are back with another edition as Brown's training camp, the padded edition, has begun. Two days of pad work, uh, guys hitting each other, real football sounds echoing off the fields of Berea. It has begun. And the injury bug has entered the room. We will discuss that Stefanski play calling. Do the Browns need to dip further into that cap space they have available? Sure up some positions on the defensive side of the ball? We'll take a look around the NFL and the AFC North. And we'll do it all with tonight's guest, the one and only Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan, host of The Barbershop. You start getting excited. That is correct. We are back in full effect. It's all eyes on Cleveland. Mikey's on the ones and twos. I'm your host, Brad Ward. You can catch our podcasts where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, Radio.com, and Google Play. The webpage is all eyes on Cleveland. This is a show where we interview the top personalities in the Cleveland sports landscape discussing the pressing issues that face our Cleveland Browns tonight. The one and only G. Bush, Garrett Bush from 92.3 The Fan, friend of show and a friend of mine. We are glad to have him on and it will be excellent, uh, thorough uh, covering of all things Browns after two days of pads, four days now of actual real uh, football activity like practice. There's a lot to talk about. The injury bug. Oh my gosh. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Yes, the injury bug. Uh... could be real bad. I don't know yet. We're not sure. It, it, it all starts, it's just an evil circle. Uh, you know, 
Mac Wilson, so high on him. I, I had him, you know, I wanted him to be, you know, captain of the defense. I think he's all about the right things. But he comes in high on Chubb first day in the rain, mind you, uh, with pads on and comes in high on Chubb, Nick Chubb, star running back Nicholas Chubb. And he has entered now into concussion protocol, which can take from anywhere from like a week to a month, to longer. Uh, I don't think it did not look that serious. I would assume that he would be back for week one. They also tried to slide one in there on us and tell us that, oh, yeah, J.C. Treader had a a knee scope. What? What? Say that again? Oh, man! Oh, uh, yeah, he had a little procedure. Oh, he a, man! He had a procedure? Speak up. Yeah, it was Jason Treasure. Yeah, knee, knee procedure. Pardon? We, why don't we know anything about this? Oh, okay. So he's he's out. Hopefully be back for week one. Uh, I had a knee scope done. Uh, somehow before any of this even started... So there's that, and then you've got uh, Miles Garrett with a tweaked hamstring. Now, the soft tissue injuries are not of huge concern. I understand being cautious to those guys, but then again, after the Chubb incident, and, and, you know, concussions are not anything to fuck around with, but, I mean, okay, it's a concussion. He hasn't been hurt since he hurt his knee back at Georgia. He, you know, he's played all games with the Browns. So I expect him that it, it'll be fine, right? He should be back for week one. If not, you know, you do have Kareem Hunt. So there's really no reason to panic there. But then Mac Wilson today in seven on sevens uh, in what appeared to be a good day of practice you know, the offense looks so much better today. We'll talk about that more later. But uh, And then he goes down with a, a, awkward slippage, goes down and gets carted off the field, body language with his head in his hands. Oh, my God. Oh, man! Did not look good. Uh, I don't know the extent of the injury. We don't know. We won't know probably till tomorrow at press availability or the coach's availability at tomorrow's practice. But uh, the official uh, word is, you know, he is under further evaluation on that left knee. Worst case scenario, probably an ACL or something to that effect. Uh, And he could be out. For a long time, even the season, or he may just, you know, have sprained it or anything even less than that, and he may be back in a couple of weeks, maybe by week one. It, it's really a wide range of outcomes there. Uh, based off his body language, it did not appear that he was happy, uh, and this was a guy that was very, very excited about this season and making the next uh, jump. So we will keep our eyes open and look for updates on that. Tonight, joining me is uh, Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan. 
Uh, he hosts the barbershop every Saturday uh, from 8 a.m. to noon. He also uh, hosts Brown's Tailgate Show, the Brown's Tailgate Show uh, on 92.3, the fan the Brown's Network from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. on game days. He has uh, a documentary out called The American Dream. You can get at uh, via YouTube. Uh, it's also pinned to the top of his Twitter uh page and you can follow him on twitter at gbush91 i know cleveland loves them some g bush uh as do i he is a uh, a good man very smart very insightful good at what he does and uh we were excited to get him back on the show again um and uh so without any further ado uh here is my interview with the one and only G. Bush, Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan. Enjoy. And I am absolutely elated this evening to bring to all eyes on Cleveland, friend of show, friend of mine, the one and only Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan. He is the host of The Barbershop. He is a host of Brown's Tailgate. Show on game days, 8 to 11 a.m., and he is a documentarian now. Uh, is that a word? A documentarian is, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> and he is, uh, his documentary is called The American Dream, uh, and you can find that on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Garrett. How are you? I'm doing really well, man. Thanks for having me, Brad. Man, you, you make me sound really important, uh, even though I'm not, uh, with your you intro. Are- Thoroughly important, sir. G. Bush, my man. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. Always glad. Um, you know, we had a few hookups in the beginning, but like I said, I got to always show you love, come back around and make sure we get together, especially when we talk about these Browns. Yeah, you were, uh, sir, you were episode one of this uh, show, All Eyes on Cleveland. That's episode crazy. One. That was you. So uh, I hit you up for that very first episode, and this is like episode 31. So, uh, yeah, had 30 in between. That's how we did it. So, and then you're back. So it's good to have you back, though, and have you on. I want to get your thoughts on a lot of stuff. A lot going on with the Browns. Um, we'll start it right off the rip with some some drama going on. So, so we all know uh, yesterday, you know, Put the pads on for the first time, you know, you know the uh, acclimation and ramp-up period uh, with the um, off-season this year, a little bit different. They finally put the pads on. Stefanski gets them out there in the rain. It was really sloppy. It was, it was kind of a jacked-up day. The defense looked good, I guess you could say that, or the offense just looked bad, but either way um from from what i could determine and from all accounts it was pretty sloppy all around but the the big news of the day was you know mac wilson and it, i don't even really blame him he just kind of came in and it was kind of the way that chubb turned but he came in high on him on a tackle they weren't even tackling to the ground i don't believe in that period but he he got him up high and uh i don't even think he hit his head on the ground i think he just kind of whipped his neck and they got him in concussion protocol already, Chubb. So day one of pads, Chubb, your, your star running back, goes into concussion protocol. And then, you know, what goes around comes around next day. Today, a uh, much better day for the offense, a lot cleaner, you know, 
Sun was out, and, and the offense looked much better. Baker looked better. Uh, still good stuff from the defense, too. But Mac Wilson goes down in a seven-on-seven. Uh, and uh, based off of his body language, G. Bush, uh, I, it did not look good. Left knee, he, he had his uh, head and hands as he was carted off. Uh, mm. Mm. What I mean that that's massive, right? Man, that's 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 beyond massive. That's beyond massive. You gotta understand. Um, for me, this this team was lacking already at the linebacker position. You got uh, Taki Taki. We don't know what we have from him. Is he a glorified special teams guy? Um, we drafted Phillips to get it from LSU um, in the third or fourth round. Uh, you know, we got Goodson. We 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 picked him off up, up off free agency, and you know you got those three guys, and you had Matt Wilson, um, who by far, when you let Schobert go, um, when you don't have, you know, those guys in the middle of the field, the middle of the field, and him making a Pro Bowler, uh, going to Jacksonville, that hurts, man. And now that you got him out. Uh, they were counting big time on Matt Wilson, counting on him big time. I don't know. Uh, hopefully this injury isn't is it something that's um, really serious. But I've had knee injuries. I've torn my ACL twice. Um, I've had, you know, I've had over 13 surgeries. So I understand what that look means when 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 a player has their hand in their head. And you know what I'm saying? You're, you know, you're just rolling around and you got a towel over your head and you can't put any weight on it. I know I've been there before. I'm hoping um, for the best for Matt Wilson because for him, you know, I thought he was going to have a breakout year this year. Um, but this just goes to show you, man, football is football. And uh, it doesn't yeah. matter how much you, you try to baby somebody, you know, you got to go out there and play. And uh, there's always a chance. Every time you go into that field, you can't get hurt. It's not about if you get hurt. It's about when you get hurt. Yeah, you're right, and uh, it's a it's a quick reminder that you know all the protocols and all the COVID nineteen stuff. It, you know, still probably it's you know just as likely that these guys come down with an injury, you know, as they do uh, this the illness, and we saw that in two days already. But you know, uh, Mac Wilson, I for me, G Bush, I had him as like captain of the defense like i like i love his attitude like i don't know if you follow him on twitter but he is like the most positive dude all the time always talking about getting better i for me i i had him like as the captain of the defense uh big time leader was looking for him to really step into that role and uh if they don't have him that that's that's just i mean that's huge uh I don't know what what do you do? Do you look for Jacob Phillips to step up and fill that spot? I feel like he has the potential to do that. He's not definitely not Mac Wilson. I don't think he can play the pass like Mac can play the pass. But um or do you or do they are they gonna have to turn towards outside help? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if you get a guy that you can get somebody who, I, you know, at this point in the season, I don't know who's available, but um, if they can get a veteran guy um, outside of the program to come in and kind of solidify that area. Um, Phillips is a guy. That's why you drafted him. You know, if you want to draft the linebacker third or fourth round, um, that's why. Let the SEC in tackles. 
um, played on the national championship team. Uh, he, he's practiced with all of those monsters they have at LSU, played against Joe Burrow and, 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 and Jamar Chase and some of these other guys. So uh, he, he's shown capabilities of doing what he needs to do to be a productive player. It's all about what he can do at this next level. Um, so he's going to have to play. And, you know, one of the things that I've always talked about, and, and this is it, it puts a little more pressure on your defensive line now. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of going out and getting Jadavian Clowney. Um, that kind of that that talk on that front is cooled a little bit. And I know that he's not a linebacker, but anybody that you can get that can get home a little quicker, that can yep. bolster your, your, your up front, he's solid. He, he's actually his best part of his game is against the run. And if you're gonna need to, if you're gonna need to stop the run, Clowney is a guy that can stop the run for you and ease some of that. If you're not gonna have a, a, a spectacular linebacker, and if Matt Wilson is out, that's something the Browns might need to look at a little stronger. Yeah, in all, I totally agree. And in all, you know, looking at it at it all for on their front seven, I kind of thought they needed some help at linebacker anyways, I was kind of waiting and maybe hoping that they would go out and get somebody. I got the list here. There's only about five guys worth looking at on the free agent market. I'll go through it here in a second. But the uh, uh, and but then when Andrew Billings opted out, I mean, that was, that was huge, I thought, too. So now you're looking at defensive tackle. You're, you know, you don't want to really throw – Elliot right into that three spot. I feel more comfortable as having him like as the fourth guy rotationally. So you may need help there. And as you said, the Browns have been all over looking for help at edge and they already got, they already got guys there. I mean, they already got Adrian Claiborne uh, for some depth at edge, but they went after Clowney. They went after Vinnie Curry. He chose to stay in Philly but they they have made it clear that they want more depth at edge. So if they want depth at edge, Billings opts out, and now he goes down, I would probably strongly consider that we see some new names maybe on the roster here in the next week or two. Um, just to give you the list of linebackers, uh, it's not great. <laughs> It's not going to be great at this point. The cupboard is bare. Uh, Darren, Darren Lee, uh, 25 years old. We know Darren Lee, Ohio State, right? Um, yep. Michael Kent. What's that? Fast guy. Guy guys with a little bit of speed. I don't yeah. know what position he's playing. Yeah, he does have that sideline to sideline speed. I know he played with the Jets, right? I think. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Kendricks. Now, a couple years ago, he was on the Browns, if you recall, uh, yep. for a hot second, and he was in all that financial trouble. They thought mm-hmm. he was going to end up doing time. I don't think he ended up doing any time because he ended up going out and playing for the Seahawks the same season. But anyways, yeah. yeah, he was on the Browns for a second. Um, I've I've always thought he was a good player, but you know they we've been through that before, so who knows? Alec Ogletree, uh, twenty eight years old. I mean, he can play a little bit. Yeah, um, play right. Yeah, Georgia kid, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then Wesley Woodyard, who's 34, probably over the hill. And then Mark Barron, uh, who's 30, but he's kind of one of your, he's your hybrid type guy who they don't, they got a lot of hybrid type guys. They need a, they need a linebacker, I think. So, um, thoughts on those guys? Uh, you know, you know, you, I mean, I, I guess at this point, it's, you know, those guys are, you know, you're kicking the tire of some guys, guys that you, you, you see the, um, sort of a, a pattern there. You see guys who, who really don't have much of a position. Uh, Darren Lee's linebacker, um, is his best, is his best, um, trait rushing a passer, or is he uh, uh, his best trait as a guy that can drop back in, in, into coverage using that speed? Uh, Mark Barron was came out of Alabama as a safety, uh, got transitioned to a, a linebacker. Uh, at, I think he also played for the Rams. Um, so he was yeah. he's another guy who's a little bit of a tweener. And, and Alec Ogletree, um, Georgia kid, played for the Rams. Um, you know, do you know are, are those guys going to be an upgrade from what you got on the roster? Who knows? I don't uh, know because, because we don't know a lot about uh, what Phillips is going to bring to the table. We don't really know much about Taki Taki. Um, if you know, but here's the thing: if another one of those guys go down, yeah, another another backer goes down, you, you're going to be seeing the Browns bring in some some names like that. Because now you're talking about depth, and now you're going to have to replace people like Taki Taki, who might be playing special teams if he's going to have a, a, a bigger part in playing first team defense. Yeah, I think. See, I I agree with you. I think like I'm okay with. I would rather give Phillips the playing time than any of those guys because I want him to develop right. And right. I would rather do the same thing with maybe Goodson or Taki Taki too. But if it gets so thin in that area that you're having to play like Tay Davis and Willie yeah. Harvey and stuff. Well, uh, then I think you got to maybe turn to that, to the free agency. Yeah. We can't do that. We can't do that. <laughs> and we can't go to Tay Davis route. No, 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 no. I agree. That's, yeah. That's the Ravens week one. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. So we'll wait and see. I, I'm sure we'll hear the Mac Wilson, you know, news, uh, I don't want to jump to the worst possible conclusion. It's like it's like you said though, just straight body language. It didn't look good. So hopefully he can get back because that is a huge loss for the Browns. Huge. Agreed. Huge. Agreed. Uh, so uh, that's kind of the ma- major headline today coming out of camp day two of the uh, pads. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Featuring special guest Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan and The Barbershop. Um, so, staying on, uh, obviously, uh, some individual players here with the Browns, Garrett. What are two guys, I mean, this team, I think, has the talent to be good, right? To be a playoff team. What are two guys that you like maybe kind of... Not like your your main guys like Jarvis and Baker and Chubb and all them, but maybe who are two guys that you really think can play over their head or the Browns really need them to play over their head this year to make a difference that you're kind of counting on? Um, well, I, I think there's two people, and one of them just went down. Good gracious. Matt Wilson was a guy that, that – 
I was I was already spot shadowing. Um, because if you that that position, the Cleveland Browns on defense haven't been they haven't been able to stop the run since they came back. And in, in any game we've watched the Browns play, um, it's third and two, third and one, third and three, fourth and inches. Browns can't get off the field. Browns can't get stops. Browns can't be able to seem to get guys uh, to on the ground tackling uh, penalties. And and when you're playing in a division like this. And you got um, Lamar Jackson, who's the next version of of, uh, video game Mike Vick, running around on the field. And you got them and Ben Roethlisberger is coming back from the Steelers. And and, and the team I'm talking about is the Bengals. Bengals is not going to be that bad. And the Bengals got A.J. Green coming back. They They got a nice defensive line. They got some weapons out there. I love the picks. Joe Mixon is, is all he does is put up over 1,100 yards. So, I mean, this is a very, very, very sneaky, tough division. So, for the Browns, we're going to have to be able to tackle. We're going to be able to have to stop the run. We're going to have to be able to, and not to not to mention uh, uh, the Ravens go out and draft J.K. Dobbins. And so, right. I mean, come on, like you look at, and that's all they do anyway is run the ball with thirty-five tight ends anyway. So uh, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. And now we got we're down one. It, it's it's going to be. And this is why I keep telling people, you ain't got enough. Like you don't have enough right now. Like the Browns are okay, defense okay defensively, but they don't have anywhere on the field where I can say the Browns secondary is elite. Their linebackers are elite, or their defensive line as a, as a whole is elite. And the reason I'm so I'm so heavy on going to get Clowney is because if I can go get Clowney, at least I can make one out of those three levels elite. And they 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 just they they're just not currently is the way the roster is is shaking shaking up to be. Um, you know though, Garrett they they offered him. I mean, I feel like they offered him like eighteen million. I mean. I don't know, I know how it was much about more. 15. Yeah, I know, I know they, they reported fifteen, and then and then you know if you kind of read between the lines and a couple other reports, the Browns had the highest offer basically um, for one year, and, and that was after they offered him a multi-year deal. But you know he wanted twenty from the jump, and then he came down a little. But I think the Browns were right there where he was looking at seventeen or eighteen, and he didn't want to do it then. I mean, he sure he sure as hell isn't going to get that now. Yeah, he's he's gonna you know one he's one of those guys. He's kind of like David and Joku. I think you you got a little bad advice there, bro. Um, you For you got to sure. look at uh, you got to look at what these agents is doing during the pandemic. Like they ain't getting a lot of checks too. <laughs> ain't nobody giving out huge free agent deals. So, of course, they want you to hold out a little longer. But you got to realize something. Like, right now, uh, uh, if if you're a pass rusher and guys are already in camp, they've already given two pass rushers big-time money. Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa have got big-time money. Khalil Mack a couple of a, 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 a few years ago. If you look at on that spectrum, Khalil Mack, Joey Boza, Miles Garrett, Xavier Clowney's not in that mix. He's not in that mix. So he has to come to the conclusion that, hey, I might want to go ahead and play. Where's my best opportunity to play somewhere where I can put some numbers up and and get singled up? And if you want to go to the Jets and play for one year and 
get double team, by all means, go ahead. Right. <laughs> you want to go? If you, Seattle's not not Seattle already spent their money on somebody else, right? Yeah. Like yep. so that, that that that's out of the gate. So the last couple teams um, that you got left are are the Browns. You got the uh, you, you got the Tennessee Titans, and, and on the outskirts, the Jets. But the Jets already said they're not going to spend that much money on a guy, and, and they're not contending. So um, for him, I just think at this point he might not want to go to camp. Um, he's thinking like, well, at least I don't got to do preseason games. I don't got to go to camp, <laughs> and maybe I can get maybe I can get sneak in and still get that fifteen to seventeen million, and just go ahead and call it a day. Yeah, I think he got some bad advice too. I mean, he could have. Back then, Seattle offered him 15. You know, I guess the Titans are in on him, but they're real hush-hush. We haven't heard any offers from them. But, I, I mean, I think he. I don't think he's going to get 15 even at this point. I think he'd be lucky to get it. Uh, I think they waited too long at this point. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, You know, he doesn't have the sack numbers to really command that kind of money. But I do agree with you that he is that good as far as a disruptor goes. Yes. Um, just watching him on Seattle last year, he just he just just throws a wrench in everything. He just disrupts everything you're trying to do offensively, and uh, he would be a huge add. I just think may, that ship may have sailed for the Browns. I'm not sure. Um, let's. Uh, who's your other guy besides Matt? Yep. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna get to that. Um, my other guy, and I think um, it, it's a couple guys, but um, I, I'll just because I don't like to straddle the fence. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a guy like Hollywood Higgins. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Hollywood Higgins. I mean, it, was, it was between him and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is cheating a little bit though. Like I, that would have been too easy, but easy of a sell for me. So I'm gonna go with Hollywood Higgins, and the reason is this. Um, he, like last year, I had a, a really big issue with uh, Freddie Kitchens in the way he played Hollywood Higgins. I was I was kind of upset about that because you know Hollywood Higgins, all he does is produce. Anytime he's in the game, he produces. And he, he's one of those guys who he's not that big, he's not that fast, but he comes up with big catches. He comes up with with with, with those those catches that you need, those move to change type plays. And any team that's successful needs one of those guys. Of course, you got Jarvis on the outside. Of course, you got OBJ on the outside. But you need one of those guys that can catch the ball, get it, make a move, and get get a first down. And I think he's going to be a very solid um, acquisition for the Browns. Because last year, if I know Kevin Stefanski knows what he's doing because it would have been very easy not to bring him back after what happened with last year. Yeah. You know, people say, are oh, we going to let that guy walk? I mean, who is this guy? But he mm-hmm. brought him back like, yo, let's sign it. Let's do another year deal. And, and and we got some plans for you. So I think uh, Hollywood Higgins is a guy that is going to make the Browns roster very difficult um, to very difficult to guard because He's going to be able to – last year there was routes that was given to Corey Coleman. He'll be getting those routes. So, you know, I, I think he's going to put everybody in slot. Jarvis is going to be, be, be able to do what Jarvis does well, which is work on mismatches, um, working in the, in the slot work underneath. And then we can possibly get OBJ over the top like we've been waiting to get for about a year and a half now. Yeah, waiting on that one for sure. Uh, no, no question, Higgins – 
uh, I mean, I didn't, I thought for sure I agree with you. I was feeling the same way. Like, I, I can't imagine these guys re-signing him, but that was a pleasant surprise when they did that, uh, came to an agreement to keep him around for another year. Um, just even for, like, Baker's comfort level, you know, uh, and everything, because right. they got the good chemistry going there. Uh, all right, so good, good stuff there. I'll give you my two guys real quick. So I got... Uh, Kevin Johnson, uh, brought him in free agency, was a first rounder overall, really struggled with the Texans, but had a really good year with Buffalo last year. We brought him in to be the nickel corner kind of, uh, I like his game. He's quick and, uh, you know, short, you know, uh, good burst in, in, uh, short spaces. I think he'll be doing a good job with the nickel. Uh, he's looked good in the first couple of days of camp too. Um, I like his, uh, his swag too and everything. I like what he brings to the cornerback room. Uh, right. and, uh, I also will, real quickly will mention that I did not realize. So they brought in this Donovan Olumba guy on a one year deal from Dallas. He is a big boy. He is like six two. I mean, he's bigger than every corner we have. Uh, and you can see it out there and he's actually been getting some reps with the ones here and there and he looks good too. Uh, but I like a couple of those corners they brought in him, especially those two. And then the other one, I'm going to kind of just say the, the tight end room in general, really Austin Hooper, but, uh, I like Harrison a lot. The kid we drafted. In Joku, I'm not sure really what's going on with him. Day one, he was dropping passes all over the place already. Um, mm. And then today in his interview, he said he wanted to be a Brown uh, for long term. So I'm not real sure if he knows exactly what he wants at this point. I hope he wants to catch the rock, man, because I've seen a few. I mean, he dropped he dropped a wide open bomb. I mean, he yeah. dropped a bomb. He dropped a bomb yesterday. Granted, I'm not even gonna say I'm not even gonna say it was raining. I'm sorry. That's like saying that's like an outfielder dropping the ball and because it was sunny outside. No, yeah. no, that doesn't happen, especially he's, for pros. He's got a problem with that, man. He's got a problem. He he'll make the tough one, but he can't make the ones right in his mitts. You know. Unfortunately, that's not going to work too well for him. He's going to be on a bench this year with that because um, they got they got Bryant, they got Hooper. They they've allocated draft capital for uh, for Bryant. They've allocated money for Hooper, guaranteed money. So when you look at it, you, you're going to have to do something to to validate why you're going to be here long term when we've already allocated this amount of money and draft capital on a tight end. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. Uh, but yeah, but who, but Hooper, uh, I've been really, I, I think he's a guy that I think we, I mean, even though we paid him, you know, really good money and everything, I just think that he could be really featured in this offense. So, uh, for me, it's, it's Kevin Johnson and Hooper. Um, okay. how you feel, uh, Garrett, and you're listening to Garrett Bush, G Bush 91 on Twitter. The one and only host of the barbershop on ninety two point three, the fan, uh, documentarian. Documentary is called "The American Dream." You can get it on YouTube, correct? 
That is correct, man. Go All check right. that out. Um, go check that out. You can find at, at GBush91 um, on uh, Twitter, GBush9501 on YouTube, GBush9501 on YouTube. There you go. I think it's uh, it's pinned to your uh, Twitter, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can just, mm-hmm. Go right to the Twitter. It's pinned up there. You can click on that and check it out. There you go. Um, not that I'm like stalking you or anything like that. I just happened to notice that. <laughs> that's all, man. We, we people. That's my people. We 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 go back. That's uh, that's totally fine. We go back years, bro. We've been doing. We've been at this thing. So you're yes. good. All right, good. Uh, all right. So, um, what do you think? For your impressions of uh, Mister uh, Kevin Stefanski so far? Have you been impressed by him? Um. And why? Well, you know, I, I guess I could be a, as impressed as, as I can based on what I've seen. Um, the true impressions is if, if you're a Cleveland Browns coach and you can get a week one win. Um, yes. We haven't had one of those in ever. Like, uh, I think it's been since we came back. Have we ever won the first week? Uh, the last uh, time we won week one was against the Ravens, actually, at home. I want to say it was Flacco's rookie year. And then he, like, went undefeated since then. Right. Like, he was, like, 40-1 and right. one or something stupid after that. Because uh, I was they, there. They t- I was there, so. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Were you able to drink at that time? Uh, uh, I, I think I was. That, that, barely. Barely. <laughs> or or I'm, I I'm, I might have been below the legal age, but I think I did uh, anyway. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, if you guys are listening out there, yes. uh, no, nah, but uh, but no, nah, no. Nah, I think um, you know when we look at it, um, and, and we talking about Kevin Stefanski, it's, it's it comes down to how are you going to handle this thing. How are you going to – one of the big questions moving into the season is, are you going to call the plays or aren't you going to call the plays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've looked at everybody um, under a microscope who who said they wanted to call plays, and then when they did, they weren't successful. Um, so I want to first of all see if he's going to call the plays, and second of all, how do you handle yourself when you're calling plays? Um, can you call plays and still not have – uh, you, you know, the penalties. Can you call plays without having clock management issues? Can you call the plays without being detached from the day-to-day things that you have to do as far as handling the entire team, special teams, defense, making calls, go for it, nay or yay. All of those things are things that you got to go through when you're a coach and you need to do that. But here's my thing. I, I'm not going to hamper him based on what other coaches did. I'm sitting here telling you, if you got hired because you run a good play play system, if you got if you got hired because you can really call plays and you can diagram them up and scheme them up, well, then that's what I want you to do. Just because Freddie Kitchens wasn't no good at it, just because uh, uh, you know Pat Shermer wasn't no good at it, don't mean that he can't be good at it. And so my thought process is this: if you got clock management issues, guess what? Y'all got an unlast, uh, everlasting budget. You get you a clock management specialist and say, hey, you do yeah. nothing but watch the clock. When they get to the, like, I need you practicing scenarios. I need you watching tape on every, you know what, Tennessee, Tennessee and Baltimore played three years ago and they had this exact situation. That's your only job. 
That's what you do. If yep. it comes to tell me when I got to play timeouts or whatever it is. So that could be remedy, right? The whole CEO thing, um, I, I, I don't know if I really believe that it's, it's so daunting that you can't do it. Um, I just want him to show him wh- what he what his prowess is. I need to see that. I need to see that here. If you call plays, I need to see it. If you're a defensive guy, any coach, if you're a defensive guy, I need to see your defense shine. Parcells and Belichick are defensive guys. Their defenses are always good. That's my true mark of a quarterback, right? Or not a quarterback, but a, 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 of a of a head coach. Whatever you came here to do, how is my team performing at that level? Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you, and and. I, I will preface what I'm going to say about him with the same thing is that basically you can't tell, you can't tell me anything really yet about him, even though I am impressed, but I'll preface it with it's, it's still the honeymoon stage. And, and until you, until there's a couple losses and a couple wins, there's really not much to judge. However, what you can judge, I've been impressed with in this. First of all, I've been impressed with uh, Garrett, the way that he's handled the press. Um, because really, Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens were like so eager to please the Cleveland media that they would just regurgitate and spew all this nonsense at every press availability to him. And, and you know, Freddie would be up there joking around with him for hours, and right? Because he was good old boy, Freddie Kitchens. And Hugh would explain every question in, in the most detail ever. I'm like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do as a head coach. You're not supposed to tell them. You know, keep you know, give them non-answers, right? Like, so, and I feel like Stefanski has been quick to uh, not give away much to the press, give them the non-answers, uh, the non-answer answers, you know, just to, that, that don't really mean anything, just to get to move on to the next question. And, you know, today, a couple times he was like, uh, nope, we keep those conversations in-house, you know, you know, Freddie was out there like, oh, you can go ask, uh, go ask Higgins, you know, what we talked about and this and that and none of that goofy shit, right? So he's impressed yeah. me with like that. Like, like I feel like he's a grown up in the room. Now, you brought up play calling, which is very interesting because that was my next question. So the last three guys I've had on the show, Garrett, and you tell me this because I, was shocked by this. The last three guys I've had on the show, Zach Jackson, Nick Shook, and Jeff Risden, all told me they thought Van Pelt was going to call plays. And I was shocked because I just thought no preseason games. He has very limited, you know, experience calling plays. He has no experience calling plays in this offense. Um, and... You know, that's what Stefanski did to get this job, basically, is he called the last 22 games for the Vikings. He's been the offense coordinator. He's called this offense. He knows it inside and out. Uh, I was surprised to hear that. You surprised to hear that as well? Um, No, I think um, I think 
Stefanski comes off as a guy who's very um, he's very mild, and I think he's he comes off as a very uh, a very wise guy that is willing to work with others. Um, and with that being said, um, a lot of people can see that and misconstrue um, what's really going on. For me, um, my thought process is this: um, you, you don't let you don't let you don't let somebody uh, dance with your girl at the first dance a prom. Mm-hmm. Just don't happen. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't. You it's the first time around. Like you might you might let her get that dance and she might not come back. Like mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so. The thought process is I'm going to live and die based on what I think I know how to do. Right. Um, I'm not going to become a, I'm a manager of my other job, man. And my, my strong suit is my connection with people and finding out um, and finding and building established relationships with people. I may not, um, don't get me wrong. I'm a college graduate, but I'm not I'm not a rocket scientist when it comes to numbers and statistics and all these other good things. I can use them. I can work with them. But that's not my strong suit. So when I come in, what I want to do is I just want to I just want to minimize my shortcomings and just keep my other stuff where it's at. If I can keep my people skills here and work on my shortcomings, I'll be good because then I can always build and start leveling up what, what, what my um, what my attributes are in terms of being a leader. So if I got Kevin Stefanski coming in and I know for a fact that he got this job because his offense suits Baker Mayfield, he's going to run his own his own uh, scheme with two running backs. He's going to have two receivers that was better than the receivers he had that were wildly successful. Uh, in Minnesota. He has tight ends, two or three of them that can do all different things. He's got an upgraded offensive line and he got a quarterback that he thinks and he has confidence in that is better than the quarterback he had in Minnesota, right? Why would you then come here and say, I'm not going to get in the kitchen and I'm not going, I'm not going to come over here and I'm not going to do what I do best just because some other people failed or, they I, people may say I don't know how to manage the clock, which is most important. Clock management is important, but listen, getting points on the on, on that board is, is very important too. I and agree. that's and that's where we need to go with it. Don't come in here because what happens is, guess what? You don't got forever with Odell. You don't got forever with Chubb and Hunt. You might not even have them next year if they play too well. Like. Somebody's gonna have to pay, take a pay cut. Somebody's gonna have to move somewhere. You're not gonna have this. It's an opportunity for you to establish what you do best, and I think it's just a no-brainer. You call the plays. That that's what I think. That's what I think. And, and for the same reasons that you said, and also because he's not Freddie Kitchens, he's not Pat Shermer, he's different, and he strikes me. Uh, G. Bush as a guy that is very detail-oriented and organized, um, and I feel like he would be able to handle that no problem. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, they, I mean, Zach Jackson seemed like he was pretty sure it was going to be Van Pelt. Now, you know, that before he was going to audition during the preseason, there is no preseason. So uh, that's even more I, big reason. That's yeah. even more of a reason. Yeah. There's no, you know, he can't even, and that's the thing. You're a new coordinator, right? 
you need to learn working on getting into all right, what 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 does my two minute look like? How's my first ten scripted plays look like? Hey, how do how am I gonna get into a rhythm and flow and get Baker into a flow? Hey, uh, you know what? Let me see. Is it time to switch running backs? Can I get Chubb involved? Oh, Chubb is out of the game. Can we get Kareem Hunt involved? At what time is the best time to take shot plays? All of these things are things that you got to develop that takes time in a regular game. And you're going to hand that off to a first time. You're not going to do that. Come on, man. You're not going to hand that off. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. To be perfectly honest, I, I had the same line of thinking. I'm glad that, that you feel the same way because that's exactly what I thought. Um, we'll see what happens here. They say, He basically said he's decided, but it, they just haven't told us yet, right, who's going to call the plays. I, I mean, I would be shocked if it was not him. But I, would. I, I But, I mean, uh, I mean, Zach usually knows his stuff. Nick I mean, Zach, knows Zach's his stuff. Fun. Zach, they, all three of those guys you talk about is plugged in. They yeah. all plugged in. They got all. They got more sources than I could ever think of. Um, yeah. I'm just going based on by me be, me knowing football and me knowing um, that Com- the, the, common the way, sense. It, it, I ain't about to hand that over because here's the thing: what's the down? What, what, what's the upside? The upside is you guys really do well, and and I guess Van Pelt is calling the plays. Here's the downside to that: if you you if you get in, and, and, and I, for whatever Freddie Kitchens did wrong or right last year, I'll give him credit. He he said, if I, I got this job, I'm never going to look back 10, 10, 15, 20 years back in the past and say, man, you know, I went 6-10 and 10 with the Browns, and I was the first-time head coach. I really wish I would have took over play calling, and I would have yeah. went down. I would have yeah. went down. At least I failed, and I know I failed on my – I failed, and I'm not going because if you you take a job in the NFL and you and, and you're a head coach, you don't know if you if you get fired, you're gonna get another shot. At right. least Freddie can sleep at night and say, "Look, I, I coached my way out of the position. That's cool." Yep, you got to take your best swing. You don't you don't know when you're gonna get that shot again. I agree. I agree, mm-hmm. and it just seems to make, especially with a shortened off season. Uh, you know, installs in a shorter amount of time. I mean, they're running practice. I mean, you saw they're running practice at a fever pitch, right? I mean, they are, there is not a second between one drill, one play, nothing. Like they got it planned out. It's boom, 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 because they're just trying to get so much in. You can tell, right? Which is great. And I'm glad that they're doing that. Uh, it shows a sense of urgency on his part, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think with the with the shortened, you know, fourteen days padded practice, really just uh, it's going to be about you know seventeen, eighteen days of actual uh, football behaviors besides walkthroughs. And virtual stuff, which I know they did a good job doing installs on all that stuff, but that's just not enough time, I don't think, to hand a whole offense over to somebody else. Not that he can't. To their argument, they were saying, like, well, either way, Van Pelt is, you know, basically Stefanski can run his offense through Van Pelt if he wants to. Well, if, if he's going to ultimately be calling the plays, then just let him make him call the plays. Don't make him. <laughs> Give it to somebody else and then have him pass it along. 
I, I just think I, I think people um, they don't think of coaching um, in 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 the context of um, you know, and I, I I have to just go keep going back to me managing people and, and being a, 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 yes. a team leader. It's there are certain things that during the day that need to get done, and there's a certain things that, during the day that you would like to get done, right? Um, the things that you need to get done have to be prioritized. Would you would a head coach really like to be over the minute details of when to call a timeout and when not to, or when to know when to, I'm going to kick or go for two, or when to know like no. I, he should not be focused that much in those minute details. What I'd much rather have him focusing on is saying, okay, so I called this, I called this, this run play uh, in the second quarter. I think yeah. I set it up enough that now I got my shot played that I've been working on all game to set up and I'm a scheme open somebody and we're going to have a big chunk play right here. I'd rather you be playing those chess games than they're looking at a clock that says, all right, coaches, five minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, we got three timeouts and a two-minute warning. What do we want to do here to call a blitz or or get these guys down? And what time are we going to call a timeout? Somebody can do that. Like, yeah. you can teach somebody that based on stats. But I, you can't teach somebody the feel of calling a game. It's yep. just like pitchers and catchers and, 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 and goalies. You can't coach that. That's why those people get paid the most money. Yeah. Feel. Feel is the key word there that you, that I, I was, uh, that you said. Um, that makes the most sense. I mean, you want him to have a feel for the game. You want him setting up that second – look or that third look in that little you know that that little uh you know change that you make on the third time you run a play or whatever that that schemes somebody open for a big one like you want him uh to have that feel of the game and the only the best way that he can do that is to to be the one calling the plays and it just seems to make the most sense to me I agree with you 100%, and, and it was very well said, sir. Uh, so I agree with you there. I hope we find that out. That'll be interesting, though, something to certainly keep an eye on. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland, special guest, Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan. I won't keep you much longer, sir. Let's do a quick real little around the NFL here, okay? Oh, no, uh, i got time in the world, fam. All right. I appreciate that. little thought here on the Patriots, okay? So we went out and got Cam Newton. Uh, Newton, Hoyer, and Stidham are splitting reps so far. Why? Because Bill Belichick has to has to keep up the, the facade that he is smarter than everyone else. Um, that's the quick story. Uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick is has lived uh, a, a cold war between him and Tom Brady. Now, this year is going to be all about which person was right. Who said I needed you? And so now you look at Gronk choosing Tom Brady over Belichick. You look at what Bruce Arians has down there, and Bruce Arians is a, is a, is a, is a classic offensive coordinator with a brilliant offensive mind. He has weapons. He has, he has, Mike, uh, he has Mike Evans. He has Gronk. Uh, he, he, he has... Um, he has speed. I can't remember the little slot receiver. He was on my good my, win, Chris Goodwin. Good, good, good one saved my life in fantasy last year because he was yeah. just destroying people. Um, he has all of those individuals. 
so, OJ Howard. OJ Howard is another one. Cameron Braid <laughs> is another one. They got 65 tight ends down there, too. Yep. So the thought process is Bill Belichick has to come up with something. You don't have a quarterback. And he tried to fake us out like he was just so calm and collected by playing Stidham. And we was like, listen, stop playing. This is not what you're planning on coming in the season with unless you just want the Browns to really make the playoffs. So he went out <laughs> and made the decision uh, that I think a lot of people um, – should have made this, that same decision and bringing in Cam Newton. And now he has him now, but he can't just start him because that would mean that he's just telling Tom Brady, I'm not a quarterback whisperer the way I thought. I, I can't just turn any guy into a quarterback. And I actually do need talent to win like every other coach in the league. But Bill Belichick's not going to do that. It's just the facade. It's the Patriot way. So Tom Brady – um, and Bill Belichick go back and forth with each other, tip of the hat. But he's he's a fool, and we're fools if we think anybody else. But uh, Cam Newton ain't playing. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, Cam can uh, exist with him? I mean, like, so he's like the type of guy, like, and and part of the reason that Brady left, right? Like he don't he doesn't listen to anybody. Like you know, Brady's there has won six Super Bowls or whatever, and he still can't get any input, right? Right. Because um, Belichick is just gonna do it his way. And uh, do you think Cam is gonna be like with his personality? Do you think he can can make that work? Uh, for a little bit, yes. Long term, no. Okay. Um, Cam nature, Cam Cam Newton by nature is a is a free spirit. Right. Um, and you know, for Cam Newton, much of who Cam Newton is as a player, and I like to always tell people this: you gotta you gotta realize this. Like, who you are as a player is wrapped up in your persona and your personality. You can't separate the two. Um, the second you start tell, stop start telling Antonio Brown to stop doing crazy stuff is the second he's not able to play football. Um, <laughs> you know, Cam Newton is like he has a persona. He's flashy. He's he has a Superman persona. And to get Cam Newton back to what Cam Newton used to be, Cam Newton has to play sort of recklessly. Um, he has to play with some sort of abandon. He got to play um, with it with a swagger. And in New England, that's not going to work. That ain't going to work. It's going to work up to a certain extent. Um, but if he throws an interception, you know Josh McDaniels is going to be on him. If he misses a read, you know Josh McDaniels is going to be on him. And, and, if he, and if he's out there calling the wrong audibles, if he's not being scholarly in press conferences, he's going to have to talk to Bill Belichick. So, uh, yeah, it'll work for a little bit, but it ain't going to work long term because at this age, Cam is 30, 30 almost 31. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't change your stripes. You don't change him uh, this late in the game. It's so weird with Bill. Like, some of the people, like, you know, for for their culture and for what they're all about there, like, they've taken on some people that you never thought would work, but but they found a way to make it work. Like Randy Moss, right? Didn't work long term. But they were able to like make it work, and they and Randy Moss loved it, loved playing for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's like that's a weird one, right? So it's weird. Bill has a weird way about him. Um, he, you know, he may just be. They may just be right for each other. 
uh, in a short term. Long term, I agree. I, I, I can't imagine Cam not wa- wanting a say or having a say more than, you know, Brady was the good soldier for all these years. Of course, they were winning, which cures everything. So, uh, but it's, it'll be an interesting, interesting mix, I think. Um, Ravens here, let's go inside the AFC North. Uh, they're going to work out Des Bryant later this week. Uh, they're on the market for wide receiver, rumored for Antonio Brown, but then it comes out they're going to work out Des Bryant, who is uh, only 31. I, I thought he was older than that. Um, That's but, a bad thing. But the, but the Browns just did this like two years ago, right? And he wasn't – he didn't look very good, right? Man, look, they got this – look, look at this, man. I, about – I think about four or five months ago, um, this is the off season. Des Bryant was out here um, working out, right? So I, I was watching OBJ work out. And then on YouTube, you know how YouTube start up another clip right after the next person. So they yeah. played, played another clip. Now it's Des Bryant out here working out against like some division two cornerback, bro. And this man was getting covered like a six o'clock shadow. This <laughs> I mean, he was getting blanketed. These guys didn't have no, these dudes didn't have no name brand cleats on. They were just cleats. And Des Bryant was out there, looked like he had a small engine in a truck, like tied onto his back. His, his routes wasn't crisp. He was, he it wasn't even, he wasn't getting no separation. Like he yeah. looked like he was out there working as a tight end, getting extra reps. Like yeah. it was not good. It was not, I'm, I'm not impressed at all. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. You know that workout that he had with the Browns, that was the word on him, right? Like, basically, he couldn't even, like, outrun the linebackers. So, uh, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but they're bringing him in. The Ravens are bringing him in. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that. I, I, I think that you're probably pretty accurate on that. I mean, he can, at a certain point, the, the, the burst is gone, man. Right? So, and he was never. And he was never. See, Des was never a guy. He was never that, a blazing fast uh, guy, anyways. Uh, he wasn't, a, and he really wasn't no. He really wasn't no athletic jump ball guy neither. Like right, he right. Like Des Bryant at his peak, at his peak, like Matt. He's one of the people that Matt ratings didn't lie. Des Bryant run like an eighty nine speed, bro. Des Bryant eighty nine speed. You know, like his jump was like a 90 tops. Like, you know, he just had a really good quarterback and he threw him the ball a lot. Like, yeah. he threw him, he put it up there. Um, some of the same things I'm asking Baker Mayfield to do for OBJ. Like, just throw it up there, dog. He can come down with it like nine times out of ten. But, I mean, even compared to OBJ, uh, Des Bryant, um, like when you said – Man, I thought he was older than thirty-one. That means that means your game is about thirty-five. <laughs> game thirty-five. He's thirty-one. That's that's, that's the telltale sign. That's it. That's, that's it. One. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Oh, nope. I thought I got a thought I got an update on Mac, but it is not. It is the same tweet over again from Daryl Ryder. All right. Uh, What's that? I said, got you. 
Thought you had yeah. an update. <laughs> I know. I know. I got all excited and everything. All right. Uh, so according to – this was in Pro Football Talk today, okay? According to Vance McDonald, uh, who, you know, check your source, right? You know, Vance McDonald is on the same team as Ben Roethlisberger. But according to him, he's never seen Roethlisberger look better in his life. He's healthy. He's uh, he's got uh, uh, a new drive. Uh, he wants to win another title. Uh, he's he's all of the above. Just throwing bouquets at him uh, in this article. Thoughts on that? And do you believe that his elbow will hold up? Well, uh, you know, by all attentions, by all attentive purposes, uh, I didn't know Thor had came down from Asgard and blessed the Steelers with this golden iron hammer. Uh, yeah. yeah, all right, Vance, I get you. Um, what else are you going to say? Um, here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm always caught between any time. I could talk about the Steelers, or excuse me, the Ravens, objectively, kind of, a little bit. Um I, it's hard for me to talk about the Steelers objectively um, right. because I'm like, I just don't like y'all, um, yes. but that's cool. But I can look at it and, and think, but here's the thing. Um, it comes a point in time where you got to be put out of your misery. So there's a time where, you know, you, you got a guy like Phillip Rivers, right? Same mm-hmm. class. Uh huh. Got a guy like uh, Eli Manning, same class, right? Mm-hmm. Teams in their divisions put them into retirement watch. They put them on retirement watch. Like, hey, listen, you had a great year, Philip. Sorry, you had a great career, Eli. Sorry, you got to go. No more of that. And I think for for the for the Browns, um, if the Browns ever want to get to where they want to go, ever in life, <laughs> they have to literally put people in retirement. Yep. Saying, listen, we don't care what you want to do, Ben. We don't care if you want to win. Everybody want to win out here. Uh, but here we're going to let you know that it's not that type of ball game, and your your time has passed you. And until the Browns can consistently, and how you do that is you consistently go and beat them soundly, like like they've been doing us for twenty years. And then after we beat them this year, you come back the next year. Beat them soundly again. And then you you can make them hit that reset button. Because right now, they still think that they can keep going on as is with Ben and just roll through, you know, the next two or three years. You have to make them go to the draft and be like, yeah, that's not going to work because we can't beat that team in Cleveland with this uh, as constituted. Um, and until that happens, um, you're still going to always hear people like the Steelers and, and people say – that it doesn't matter who the Steelers have, they can still compete. Um, and they only got three coaches since, like, I, I guess FDR was in office or something or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of hearing that stat too. Um, yeah, put them out there, put them out, put them out to pasture, and and do it with with a little bit of bravado on top of that. Very well said. I I, I agree. I agree. They got to do it themselves, but. Uh, I find it hard to believe that he is as healthy as Vance uh, says. And in, in, I guess we'll see. Uh, Bless I mean, the ears. 
the the rumor was that he never like he never even used to like pick up a football in the off season, which is pretty crazy to think about. But uh, I guess he, you know, supposedly this off season was different because of the elbow and everything. Is he had to work at it, uh, all this stuff. So you know, we'll see. Uh, I just think that you know, like you said, a couple good beatings and a couple crippling losses could put him into retirement. That is, uh, that is, that is facts. Uh, it's one thing, it's one thing to like say I'm winning or yeah, man, I'm back up and running. There's a lot of people that's going to be fooled because from my experience playing football is this, like my, my biological clock ticks every year around the same time. When it gets to be about early to mid June, I'm already thinking like, all right, is my body in shape for for playing? Which means I need to be running. I need to be out doing stuff. I need to like my still. And then by the time July hits, end of July, you're sick to your stomach because you know you got two days in practices coming. And them 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 hundred days with the hundred degree days with the helmets and the pads and and it's two practices full pack. Like that hits me. But but now players are going to have a rude awakening because. There's none of that. There was no off-season tr- training. They was doing everything by Zoom. Now you're on the field, and now even though you're on the field participating, they're not even have really padded practices like that. And on top of it, ain't no preseason. So you're going to get out there, and everybody thinks you're going to just, I'm going to go half speed. Y'all been going half speed this whole time. But as soon as that whistle blows, you're going to be going 110 miles an hour, mm-hmm. full tilt. And if your body ain't ready for that, you're going to have a lot of hamstrings, a, a lot of pool growings, uh, you know, a lot of those things. Knees are not really um, – knees are not one of those things where it's a fatigue-based thing, but the soft tissue things are. Hamstrings, growings, that stuff. Oh, yeah. Not being able, not being used to taking a hit. You know how hard Nick Chubb runs, right? Yeah, he runs like a bowling ball. You telling me he got hit, didn't even go to the ground, and he, he in a concussion protocol? Yeah, that, that's called not. You ain't been physical. You ain't mm-hmm. hit, no, touched a person. So those type of things are gonna be why um, the the team who has uh, the most, I think, mental preparedness. And saying, hey, this season counts. This ain't just charity. This season is all about, no matter what's going on with this pandemic, what's going on on the field, what's going on at the house, it's about winning. The team that can think about that the most is going to be deadly this year because there's so many different other distractions that people can pay attention to. Very well said. There's no question about it. It's a... uh not only a contest against uh, the other teams in the NFL, but it's a war of attrition as well this year. So uh, it will be uh, interesting, certainly. Uh, G. Bush, Garrett, my friend, you did an excellent job, as always. Fantastic. I uh, cannot thank you enough uh, for joining us on All Eyes on Cleveland. Um, I think that I owe you a T-shirt still, don't I? Ah oh, man, you got I got a, I get a T-shirt, man. This is great. This is almost like this is better than the Price is Right. Them parting gifts. 
It's like Oprah. I'm just giving away stuff, right? You get a shirt, and you get a shirt. All right. So, yeah, no, we'll hook you up with the All Eyes on Clee t-shirt. You just got to take a nice picture in it and, and post here, it on Twitter. Here, here's, here's what we do. Here's what we do. We've been rocking so long. We've been at it so long. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you. We're going to do an exchange, man, just like uh. at the end of games when they're doing the jerseys. Jersey like, exchange. Jersey exchange. I'm going to give you a barbershop joint. All I need to know is, is is what size you wear. Yeah, uh, so I wear XL. Hey, listen, hook, hook me up with that Hook me up with that 2X. We're ready to go. We'll swap it. And, and, and make sure y'all look out for these T-shirts. We're going we gonna to take these pictures. We're going to tweet them out. Make sure y'all support. Support uh, your local people, man. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, you said it, man. And uh, we'll... Uh, I'll, I'll hit you up with the we'll, – we'll swap addresses in the – Gotcha, gotcha. I won't stop for nothing. I won't stop. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to give my address out over the air. You never know. You never know. These crazy right. girls be just pulling up on you. You yeah. got to beat them off. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You, you, said, it. you said it. Uh, Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan, The Barbershop. Uh, that's every Saturday – Yep, every Saturday. 8 a.m. to noon. 8 a.m. to noon. Brown's Tailgate Show, 8 a.m. to 11. Yep. Uh, And that's uh, for the upcoming uh, Sundays uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, He's a documentary, The American Dream. Uh, It's on YouTube. It's pinned to his Twitter page, which is at GBush91. He is a friend of show, a friend of mine, and... uh, I uh, had an absolute blast again, sir, having you on. So I couldn't be uh, more thankful. As always, anytime you need me, hit me up. Definitely, a, definitely a good solid fan or a good solid friend. Um, person that's been down with me since day one um, when I got on the air, man. And salute to you um, and everything you're doing over there. Keep grinding, man. Anytime. Always, always. G Bush ninety one, Garrett Bush of ninety two point three. Big thanks. All right. Appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. All right. There it was. G. Bush. Garrett Bush, host of The Barbershop at 92.3 The Fan every Saturday, 8 to noon. He's on, he subs in a lot too, so you can hear him sometimes like drive time or at night, subbing in for Chico, uh, Borman, um, he does the Browns tailgate show as we mentioned, 8 to 11, and uh, his documentary, The American Dream, is available on YouTube, so make sure you should check that out. He was awesome on the show, uh, great guest. Um, Always giving me opportunity to uh, come on 92.3 as a guest before, and uh, I appreciate that very much. So he's right when he says, support your local folks. And uh, I like the jer- the podcast version of the Jersey Swap. That's awesome. So, with uh, all of that in mind, 
We have breaking news. Breaking news here on All Eyes on Cleveland. All right, so uh, the Mac Wilson uh, update per Mike Garofalo on Twitter. Browns promising linebacker Mac Wilson suffered a significant hyperextended knee in practice today. Sources tell me and Rap Sheet uh, at Rap Sheet he will miss some time. And more evaluations are coming uh, before a time frame for return. It becomes clear, not ideal, but Cleveland's still hoping for decent news. Uh, I tweeted out, uh, it could have been much worse because it really could have been much worse. Uh, Well, let's hope. Uh, Hyperextended, significant hyperextended knee. I don't know what that's going to mean time frame wise, but I'm just glad it's not the ACL. It's not, it doesn't sound like it will be season ending. Knock on wood. Uh, but that that's what the update on Mac is, and, and we'll get more. Speaking of linebackers, we went through all the uh, free agent linebackers with um, G. Bush and talked about them. A lot of people talking about Darren Lee on Twitter uh, because of his speed that he would be a good ad and everything. So I was looking at Bleacher Report, and they had like a a, a trade. Here it is. Uh, so this is like if you uh, could trade for somebody, anybody, uh, um, for every team that makes sense, right? One, one trade each NFL team should propose before the 2020 season starts by Brent Sobleski. Uh, who is uh, a local guy, Um, Brent is. But uh, he got uh, the Browns on here with a, oh, man, would this be a difference maker. The Cleveland Browns trade for linebacker Quan Alexander from the 49ers. The Browns uh, send a 2021 fifth-round pick to the 49ers for linebacker Quan Alexander. Now, how... They could get him for a fifth rounder. I'm not sure. But here's what it says. Uh, Basically talks about how Mac Wilson talked about the group is disrespected, feels disrespected, and then talks about how they're mostly unproven. They're really young with Goodson, Taki Taki, Phillips, and Wilson. Uh, They would be well served to invest in another veteran linebacker to boost the group and not force all young players into the lineup. The 49ers looked to clean up some cap issues earlier this offseason, placing Quan Alexander, edge rusher D. Ford, and safety Jaquaski Tart on the trade block. The Athletics' Michael Lombardi post said, With nearly $40 million in available salary cap space, the Browns are one of the few teams that could take on Alexander's contract without it being a hindrance, plus his familiarity with new Browns defensive coordinator Joe Woods, who previously served as the 49ers secondary coach, could only help. 
Interesting point there from Brent. Uh, boy, would that be nice. Quan Alexander for a fifth rounder. Uh, I would sign up for that right now because Quan can play some ball. I did not know that uh, Jaquaski, uh, Tart, and um, D. Ford and, and him were all in the trade block. That is news to me because those are all three ballers, really good players for the 49ers. So they must be up against it uh, in the cap situation. I know that they are... The 49ers are uh, going to be hurting for wide receivers here as Debo Samuel went down, and then I think I saw J- uh, somebody else went down. Uh, Hurt or Hurts, I- I'm not sure exactly who, went down uh, for them as well as a wide receiver. And then, you know, they they drafted Brandon Ayuk, who's really going to be a, a good uh, wide receiver. Now, you know, basically, um, Shanahan just knows how to use those guys. So, but that's something to keep an eye on. So, stars of training camp uh, so far for me, okay? Uh, or stars slash surprises of training camp. We'll put you down here, okay? Um First one is Kevin Johnson, and I mentioned him in the interview. Uh, he's played great so far. Uh, we talked with Jeff Risen about it last week, how bad he was with the Texans, how good he was with Buffalo. If we could just get a good year out of him here. He's been a high-energy guy, real good in the slot, breaking up passes, breaking up balls, been real energetic on the defense side of the ball. Uh, they're working as a unit together. Uh, I was... Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, two other names. B.J. Goodson, I thought, has looked really good. Uh, you know, his the label on him is that he can't cover and, you know, pass coverage at all when asked to. But, boy, does he play the run well and uh, is more athletic than I thought that he would be. So there's a guy with some significant number of starts in the NFL um, that, you know, maybe could help solidify this linebacking core a little bit that's already in the room on the field. Uh, defensively, the third mention I'll make, uh, and I mentioned him in the interview, is Donovan Olumba from the Cowboys on a one-year deal in free agency. This kid is a big kid. We're talking, I mean, he's listed at like 6'2", 209, but that 209 is not doing him justice he is uh 6'2 some 225 maybe uh but but quick and uh tough and you know those big corners like that he is by far the biggest corner they have and he has done well uh when put outside in coverage he could be your third uh outside corner um if you know you know, battling against um, Money Mitchell. Uh, But his size gives him an advantage. He's a big boy, and he can play. So uh, I was surprised uh, to see him play so well as well. Uh, On the offensive side of the ball, Austin Hooper has been fantastic. Uh, You know, today, uh, OBJ looked great. 
Uh, they have brought Jarvis along faster than I expected. Uh, they have a plan, supposedly, for uh, Carl Joseph and and Landry to come back from their injuries, so they'll get eased in, in, into it. But Landry has been, I mean, he's been opening up a little, opening it up, opening it, opening it up, pardon me, a bit in practice and really, uh, you know, running some hard routes and catching some balls. And so that's good to see. Uh, I don't think that his status should be in any question for week one. Neither same with Joseph, but he hasn't been out on the field as much. I mean, I, I can't wait to see him out on the field. I, I'm a big fan of his tape and uh, the kind of player that he is as that strong safety uh, potentially for the Browns. So I'm interested to see him get some more PT uh, as his injury uh, gets better, his uh, off-season rehab. Uh, the other guy I wanted to mention. Uh, was Taewon Taylor. So a guy here that kind of got buried last year, uh, written off as an opportunity, but he's got that speed. He's got the the speed that that a lot of guys uh, don't have to extend the field, and um, he provides a different kind of look for uh, Baker. He's different than Higgins. He's different than Landry. He's different than Beckham uh, with his body type and uh, with the kind, you know, he excels, uh, you know, underneath routes, uh, over the middle, like Landry, but he also has that speed to get to, you know, the second level and get uh, on an outcut and quickly and get get himself open. He's caught some a lot of balls. They ran some speed sweeps for him, uh, along with JoJo Natson. So, uh, interesting guy to keep your eye on that could uh, challenge for that wide receiver room. Finally, as we get out of here, and you have listened, been listening to All Eyes on Cleveland, uh, Mikey on the ones and twos, special guest Garrett Bush of 92.3. The fan joined us, uh, host of the Barbershop. Uh, he was kind enough to join us. Uh, and uh, talk Browns today. But as we get out of here today, we'll get some music going. Um, I just want to talk about Baker's performance. So, you know, the first day in the rain, it was poor. Not going to lie, he was not good. Uh, Timing looked off. Uh, Things did not look great. Uh, Coming out of his hand, he missed through some balls. He missed... uh, Beckham Jr. on a wide-open, uh, deep ball. Now, it was raining and all that stuff, and uh, but it just didn't look, the offense didn't look in rhythm, really, at all. Uh, this was a big problem last year, and he didn't look like he was throwing great, great balls, to be honest. Um, time, it's, you know, pumping and holding the ball a little bit, and same issues a little, but if you... Uh, Look at what he did today, it was much better. So I mean, he's not all the way there, but he was he was zipping him in there today. He made a really nice play where he avoided the rush uh, out to his left side and uh, threw an incredible pass down the field to Hodge, which would have been a touchdown for sure. Um, 
he hit. Uh, he threw Didger on interception early to Denzel Ward. Ward on a uh, kind of scrambled up the middle. The pocket broke down and he tried to push the ball down the field into double coverage with Sandejo and uh, Ward were waiting. Ward got an interception. But after that, um, he looked sharp. And he threw the ball much better. Conditions were much better, but he uh, he threw it better. So that's the Baker watch update. You know, we want to watch his progression, make sure that he looks like he's leading out there. He's looked like he's starting to get a little bit of a grasp for the offense today. Uh, really bad the first day, kind of to be expected. I thought he would be a little better, but much better today. Still not all the way where he needs to be, but it's a big year for Bake. Got to keep an eye on his progress. Uh, they don't get a ton of time here before uh, the season starts. Uh, with that, let's get out of here. Big thanks to G. Bush for Mikey on the ones and twos. I am Brad Ward. This has been All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out. Never said beautiful black woman. I bet that people look better red. Limping off tour because I made more off my second leg. Bird, bird, Birdman Junior, 11th grade. Ball on automatic start. I can hand it to Drake or do a quarterback draw. Wildcat offense. Check the paw prints. We in the building. It's in apartments. Uh, not, not come on me, my blood donor. Flow so nice, you ain't gotta put a rug on her. Do it big and let the small fall under that Damn, where you stumble that? From where they make gumbo at? Hang at the f- beat jumping like a jumping jack And you know me, I get on this bitch and have a heart attack Hip-hop, I'm the heart of that Nothing short of that President Carter, young money Democrat uh, Now tell me how you love it You know you ain't the top of no left It's right above it, we own it It's young money, motherfucker